Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. He's going for the corner. Your home for fantasy college football. Online at InThisLeague.com. Find the podcast on iTunes. Tune in, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Get in this podcast now with your hosts, Bogman and CFF Expert Plays. Welcome in to the In This League College podcast this is episode number 57 my name is scott bogman as always i am joined by blake and blaze what is going on fellas getting ready for baseball season honestly that's all you can look forward to right now <laughs> come on we're excited about college football right we're here and right now you are top 10 at quarterback yeah. running back wide receiver and and here comes blake pumping the brakes i mean i'm excited about baseball if if you listen yeah. to anything on InThisLeague.com, obviously you guys know we've got a baseball, football, we got a draft show, we got a prospect show, we got an NBA show, we've got hockey with Tony and Brian, we got college football with me, Blake and Blaze, we got it all. So we have been hitting the baseball hardcore, which is one of the reasons why it has been so long between shows. We've had quite a layoff here. We normally don't go this long. Also, we had some stuff going on. I had some stuff going on. Uh, Blaze has to work all over the place. Blake's trying to pass all of his courses. So, you know, we're, we're living life. We're living the normal stuff. But if you guys want to contact us, ask us any questions about college football, at Bogman Sports, at Lord underscore Blazer, and at Mr. CFF, right? It hasn't been that long where anyone's changed their handles, correct? Nope. Mr. Nope. CFF better live forever. That's right. <laughs> yeah, live it's got to stick. In my heart, that's for sure. But as we move to... <laughs> Uh, before we are going to do uh, top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. And I mean, with this long a layoff, like what, when do you guys start to get itchy? Spring, spring practice, definitely. Yeah. So without a doubt, about a month from now, it's going to get, it's going to get crazy. Yeah, I think it's, it's cool some practices. Right. Exactly. So like it's, it's already starting to trickle out like, like more like the competitions that are, that are going to take place in the spring. So it's been fun reading up on, on some of the, the battles that'll take place to, to fill some, some huge gaps. Like we were talking the Clemson quarterback position, like that's, that's obviously going to be really interesting to follow. So as some of these storylines get set up, it's fun to, to read how, how, the playing fields being set yeah I, I agree it's uh you know i'll i'll get back to the um I'll, I'll get back to reading stuff and i'll be like you know right when i start to prep for uh regular football then college football also and then you know it's like uh it's like a snowball like you you kind of start reading more and more every single day until you're like uh you know deep in it and then you're like oh my god i'm still two months away from the regular season starting and it's driving me crazy so i'm with you guys it's getting i'm already like you know i think it's just from doing this podcast and doing so much draft stuff uh you know i'm already kind of getting a little bit itchy for it 
I'm ready. I want to see the Tom Herman era. I'm ready, man. Yeah, I'm interested in the new head coaches, the new freshmen coming in for, for uh, from this last recruiting class. Definitely going to be interesting. No I'm more ready. Deshaun Watson. It's going to be weird. I'm ready to, for Penn State to actually be on the national scene again. Say, say. I'm, I love <laughs> say, say. I want to see him this year. Yes, uh, sir. Well, let's get to the news while we're getting all jazzed up here. All right, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Hunter Johnson is looking like the best quarterback for Clemson in the spring. Kelly Bryant entered the spring as the starter. What do you guys think of this situation? Is it just a matter of time until Hunter Johnson takes over, no matter how long it is? in the season or do you guys think maybe he has a real chance to start at the beginning of the year what are you uh thinking on this one man my initial thought is that i, I think kelly bryant i mean unless hunter johnson really takes off in the spring i think kelly bryant will be the starter because he's going into his junior year but i think it's inevitable that uh hunter johnson will be the starter by the end of the year interesting um yeah i mean i think if he's the best player uh he'll definitely shine so I don't know. We we talk of this is again like it's, it's yeah. the spring. Like we'll find out in the spring. So if it's if it's Hunter Johnson, then it's going to be somebody we're going to be watching in in fantasy circles though for sure. How much? I I'm willing to bet that both Hunter Johnson and Kelly Bryant play one half each during the Kent State game this year, and that's the I very like first that. game of the year. I was going to say okay, so then there wouldn't be much hyperbole to this. I'm wondering how much do you think of this stuff being fed to the media, you know, oh, this guy's a starter, but the incumbent is looking good in spring. Like, how much is it just to push the guy who's already the starter? You think, like, 45% of that news is, you know, hashtag fake news, and it's just uh, <laughs> to, uh, you know, propel those guys who are already starters into grinding a little bit harder? Maybe. I don't know. I, I look at, you know, the way he Dabo handled the transition to Deshaun Watson, right? He wasn't the starting quarterback at the beginning of the year. Cole Stout was. Um, Deshaun Watson eventually proved himself, and he sat there for the next two and a half years, right? Yeah. So I think Dabo's shown that he's willing to play the best player, the most productive player. He's willing to give people a chance. It might be halfway through the season. Right. That's what I'm basing it on, that Dabo has done this previously with the last quarterback turnover. And and one thing is, I mean – Either guy that starts, I don't think they're going to have like a Deshaun Watson kind of year. You know what I mean? Not even close to it, to be honest, because mm-hmm. Clemson lost a lot. Like they lost everyone. So I don't even think Clemson's going to be really that, that good this year anyways, especially at the quarterback position. still think they run a dynamic enough offense that at least on that side of the ball, they could be decent. I mean, they've been recruiting, and they could take off, but I, it'll, I think it'll be a slow start is what I'm saying. So I, I think the quarterback position is going to be iffy this year. I do. All right, let's, let's talk about another replacement, and I don't know, I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, Darius Geis already has an ankle injury in the spring. They said it's not major. Uh, he's kind of been practicing through it. But does something this early, you know, I mean, it's March, April-ish right now. Does something this early actually bother you, or is it like this guy has so much time to recover, it's not going to be an issue going into the season? Mm. Uh, it really depends on the severity of it for me. Well, he's already practicing, so does that? See, yeah, this, no. I, 
I, I wonder because Leonard Fournette, right? Mm-hmm. It was obviously right up against the season, but Leonard Fournette had that ankle injury and it bothered him the entire season. I mean, he played through it and he's still one of the best running backs in the country, even with the, the ankle injury. But it, it's just, uh, it's it's one of those things. Are, are we getting, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette 2.0 here? Or are we getting a guy that's actually going to play every single game and, you know, lead you to uh, your, your fantasy championship? I think for one, Leonard Fournette did play, I mean, pretty much two whole seasons before he got banged up right before the start of his junior year. Whereas Darius Geis didn't, he didn't play the, I mean, he did play the entire year, but he wasn't the focal point, you know, he wasn't getting 30 carries a game. So I'm I'm not that worried about it, especially if he's practicing right now. I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. He's still, still going to be one of the best backs. Yeah, I'm not worried about it this early either. I, I agree that. The way you said it, Fournette got hurt right before the season. So that was just like continually playing on an ankle that was never allowed to recover. Right. And I think that's why it lingered. Okay. This early, it's completely different. Yeah, I, I think you guys are right. And I mean, the, the reason, you know, I'm not trying to beat up Darius Geis at all, but the reason to kind of, you know, hit this point home at this point in the year, it's not just to have hyperbole, make up news, whatever. Uh, to drive stuff, but I mean, Darius Geis is going to be probably a top two or three pick for most people this season. Yeah. So if he already has this, it's just, if you're going to take a guy that early, you probably need to know every bit of news that you possibly could about him, because you're spending such a high pick on on one of these guys. So uh, a couple other, uh, I don't know if any of these are, are big news, I'm just going to kind of list them off here and let you guys talk about them. Uh, Paris Campbell is impressing uh, Urban Meyer in the spring. They said he's set up for a big year. That could be a nice thing. Brandon Harris is transferring to UNC from LSU. Janarian Grant was able uh, but limited in practice uh, with his injury from last season. He got a medical redshirt for it. And Leon Allen has been cleared by doctors for practice uh, running back from WKU. Any of these interesting bits to you, or is this just kind of, all right, spring news, whatever? Uh, I think the biggest piece would be Leon Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Leon, he, he definitely, he's the most talented player out of all those guys for one. But um, it, it will be different, though, because Jeff Brom's not at Western Kentucky. I'm very interested how they're going to use their offense now. But that's the biggest news for me is Leon Allen. Now I'm definitely paying attention to him. Yeah, I, I agree with Blake. Um, Janarion Grant is, you know, intriguing a little bit. but Yeah, he was really good before he got hurt. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Rutgers is going to be this year necessarily. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. But they've proven that they can have random skill position players stand out when they're really good because they're just going to feed them the ball. Yeah. I mean, we expect one of these guys to be good every single year. Uh, and Janarian Grant was out last year until he got hurt. And then pff, nobody else. Uh, I mean, mm. uh, do, do, are we expecting that even a little bit this year from Grant, or is it just uh, I'm not going to waste uh, my time on that guy? I think he could have some big plays. I mean, I don't think he's going. He's a flex at best. I yeah, mean, that's what you're looking at. A, what's a wifey McBeady, Leonte Carew over there? But uh, <laughs> he's like yeah, a, well, a junior version of him, right? Yeah, I'd go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Man, everything you like, said, like, sure, I'm yeah. I'm not touching that at all. That's my credo. No regrets. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I get it. All right, so I'll, I'll say this, though. 
Um, for Janarion Grant as well, weeks two and three, Eastern Michigan, Morgan State. So those could be gold mine weeks. All right. Hey, hey, look, uh, you're already getting nuggets here. Uh, but let, let's get into it. Let's uh, talk about our top 10 at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, starting with quarterback. Blake, let's get uh, 10 to 1. All right. Number 10 is Will Greer. Number 9, Jake Browning from Washington. Josh Allen from Wyoming at 8. Sam Darnold, USC. Brent Stockstill, Middle Tennessee State. Quentin Flowers from South Florida. Baker Mayfield's at 4. Luke Fox at 3. JT Barrett's at 2. And I'm not going to say he's number 1 because you should know who's number 1. <laughs> Everyone should know who's number 1. Do you realize the fact that we're already praising – Lamar Jackson as like the the greatest college football quarterback for fantasy football is the same exact thing we just did last year with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson was that good last year. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, hey, well, I think let's, we he- them. let's hear your 10 to 1. All right, let's do it. Jake Browning from Washington at 10. Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State at 9. Josh Allen from Wyoming at 8. Brent Stockstill from Middle Tennessee State at 7. Nick Fitzgerald from Mississippi State at 6. Luke Falk from Washington State at 5. JT Barrett from Ohio State at 4. Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma at 3. Quentin Flowers from USF at number 2. And then Lamar Jackson from Louisville at number 1. All right. So, um, first of all, I think we have to address, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this to be a, a or anything, but Baker Mayfield got arrested for his. Well, he was <laughs> drunk in public, and then he ran from the cops. And yeah, you know where he was, do you? Don't y'all? He's in Arkansas, right? He was in Fayetteville on Dixon Street. Yeah. And well, this jackass got arrested at eight o'clock in the morning, and he got speared by a cop. I mean, if you haven't seen the video, go look at the oh, video because he had not. Fifty times. He got yeah. Up, that cop should be a middle linebacker. It's, it's my favorite video I've watched. It's it's better than yeah. all the porn I watch. It, it's <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, ha ha, funny, funny. You know, I mean, the Texas fan making fun of the Oklahoma guy. But um, okay, so what type of suspension has to happen for Baker Mayfield for you guys to lower him? Uh, to lower him, it'd have to be. Because you think, what do you think he's getting right now? A one-game suspension, maybe. Just one game? Okay. Yeah. If that. college football. No, yeah, I know dude. it's college football. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking yeah. maybe a uh, half, you know. He's yeah, gonna, that's what I was saying, game tops. The, the first game is against UTEP. They're playing Ohio State in the second week. He's not going to get suspended yeah. <laughs> for more than one game. All right, yeah, guys? You're, like, right. you're right. He's not okay. going to play UTEP. So he's right where he should be because he wouldn't play that much anyways against UTEP. So. But you kind of take away the first two games because you, you're not starting against Ohio State's defense, are you? I think yeah, so. maybe not. Probably not. So that's kind of he's already missing two games there. So Yeah, fantasy-wise. But, I mean, he's not going to get suspended for two games. No way in hell. All right. I mean, so, he had a crap game last year against Ohio State, but. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of one of those things. I think it, depending on, you know, depending on how deep your league is, obviously, and all that stuff, right. I mean, if you're playing in your – Big Ten or Big Twelve only league or whatever that uh, you know uh, Blake over there just raked in the money from last year, then you're probably gonna have to start him because he's your only quarterback. But if you're in a bigger league, I think you can, you know, 
face somebody else who's playing a UTEP type team or New Mexico State or somebody. So at the end of the day, it's the non-conference schedule that's going to be tough for him. And I think there are other players you can find in non-conference that have weaker schedules to kind of plug him in. Okay. So when he hits that big 12 schedule, it's going to be worth having him. Right. And, and I completely agree with that. I mean, it's, he's getting to play some soft defenses in the big 12. Um, Blake, I mean, we heard about this. I believe the whole last episode was you just gushing about Will Greer. And now he only comes in at the top at 10 of your top 10, not even on Blaze's list, by the way. Um, and you slid him down, too. You had him up up higher. I did. I did. But I, I mean, I still think he's going to be he's going to be a top 10 quarterback no matter what. I don't want to be too crazy about him, though, because he, he hasn't played at West Virginia yet. I don't want to just go all out on him. But I still think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks. I do. <laughs> like it, it's it's not even a question for me. It's going to be a fact. Well, I mean, he obviously has talent, it's gonna, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And West Virginia is the perfect system. I mean, so, it's quarterback heaven. So what is it uh, making you leave him off of your top ten, Blaze? I think it's mostly the unprovenness, but, of course, that did bite me in the ass last year like, <laughs> with Davis Webb, right? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you know, everyone's got their own thing. Uh, so uh, you, your guy that you have on your list that Blake doesn't, and I think the rest of them – no, I guess not all the rest of them are the same, but you have no, Mason Rudolph on your list, and Blake doesn't. Why? And Nick Fitzgerald as well. And Nick Fitzgerald. Who's the guy that, oh, you don't have Sam Darnold. You have Sam Darnold would be like 11 or, or 12 for you, though, right? Yeah, 11. Okay, so tell me why Mason Rudolph over Will Greer. Okay, um, I think it's uh, senior, senior year uh, means a lot, especially in that offense familiarity with Gundy James Washington is back you know they they were a good offensive team last year and obviously they were really really playing well uh, down the stretch of the season so I think that bodes well from a momentum perspective going into this season and Will Greer is the complete opposite right yet I, I agree with Blake that it, it is a good offense to to find yourself in as a talented quarterback and it, obviously the potential is there for him to blow up but it's less of a certainty than I think Mason Rudolph is. All right, so let me ask you this just in general because I think this is kind of what you laid out. Experience over system. And we're, I'm not saying in every case. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some. you're not going to take the crappiest quarterback that's a senior for a freshman that is at, in a good offense. But when you're splitting hairs uh, on some of these quarterbacks, like we are, I mean, there's so many quarterbacks available in college football. Saying top 10 is, you know, I mean, you could list top 25 and say they're somewhat interchangeable. But in general, you're going with experience over the, the better system. I also think Oklahoma State is, is a great system to look for fantasy football points. Okay. So. I think for Mason Rudolph, it it is definitely, without a doubt, saying experience matters. Um, but this is like a mix as well of saying that he's also in a good system. Let me let me ask uh, Blake this because I would go the flip side with Darnold and say not the perfect fit system wise, and that's maybe why I bounced him in for Mason Rudolph. Even okay, because Sam Darnold has some experience. Let, he has me, continuity, yeah, but right, not no, obviously not as much as Mason Rudolph. But yeah. uh, so Blake, same same question for you. Um, are you going to go system over experience when it's something like this, or or is it only specific schools like 
West Virginia, Texas Tech, like you know those uh, Cal, those air raid type schools? Um, I, I, I'm gonna go with the system because I mean it's a lot like you got to think about the head coach, you got to think about the schools. Like Cal is not that way now. They they no, fired it's Sonny dead. Dykes. They fired Sonny Dykes. So I don't know what the, the hell bear to raid expect. is dead. Bear I know raid, that's right. So I don't know what to expect from Cal, but yeah, someone like I Texas Tech. I think they're going Tech. to more of a pro style, like balanced offense, so they can lose even more games. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, anyways. <laughs> but uh, who knows? If they can get a better defense, that would change everything. But, um, but yeah, no, I trust. The, I think I trust the system just a little bit more. I mean, obviously, experience matters, um, and I think. Yeah, Will Greer is the only quarterback on here that's, and I just, so and Will why, Greer okay, did play like, at I'll Florida too. He is a little experienced too. You can't because Will Greer played at Florida. Sure, he so. has experience in college football, but he doesn't have, right. you know, experience with the center. He doesn't have right. experience with these players, the system yet. So, why Will Greer over Mason Rudolph? Honestly, I mean, this might sound weird, but I don't really trust Mason Rudolph. He's incredibly erratic. Um, I mean, he could throw four four interceptions in one game and maybe one touchdown. And he's playing great competition, but like I said, he's so inconsistent that I really don't trust him. I mean, I could draft him and draft a second quarterback below him, and I'd be more likely to start the second quarterback in some cases. Uh, I just don't trust Mason Rudolph, honestly. All right, because he was a very high pick last year. He was going he was. in those top uh, you know, four or five quarterbacks, and he is out of your top ten, and he's just barely in blazes. All right, Blaze, uh, I'll let you gush. Nick Fitzgerald at six. Let's hear it. I like it. I Personally, I like it. So, I was waiting for him all last season to finally just be handed the starting reins, and it, and it took like half the season for it to finally happen. But, man, he, he totally exploded. And I think he's a, he's a good mix of passing and athleticism. So he, he's going to get rushing touchdowns. And the offense he plays in gives him opportunities. Uh, yeah, we, we have seen a, a guy that is uh, very impressive named Dak Prescott come out of Mississippi State before. So. I mean, they know how to Taylor. You had to go there, huh? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. And I, I'm not bothered by it because it's true. <laughs> And Dan, Dan Mullins is an incredibly underrated coach too. That's a good point too. So, uh, so you've got you've got Sam Darnold on your list, and Nick Fitzgerald isn't off your list. What uh, what leaves Fitzgerald off of your list, Blake? Just competition playing in the SEC. You never know what you're going to get whenever you're playing an SEC defense. And I mean, he did. He shredded some defenses like Arkansas, where he completely on us i mean he had like over he had over 200 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns so that's what you can get out of him but then again you got the floridas and the alabamas and the lsus and that's where you you worry yeah also a good point also a good point uh brent stock still uh he's six for you blake seven for you blaze he's not extremely sexy right he's just uh i mean he just puts up numbers durability concerns there are now because he tore his ACL, but um, I, I think I think he's really underrated because a lot of people aren't going to know about a Middle Tennessee State quarterback. So that's where you got to really do up on your studying, and because he's going to be a top ten quarterback as long as he can stay healthy. I don't right. want to tease for other rankings, but <laughs> I, I think some other players around him are pretty good too. Oh, yeah. absolutely, and and that definitely helps him be a top ten quarterback versus 
if he didn't have that guy, he wouldn't even be mentioned in the top ten. I would say he has a large target. You're absolutely right. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. They both benefit. So you guys have the same top four, just jumbled differently. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is number one on both lists. Uh, we've got Quinn Flowers at two for Blaze, JT Barrett at two for Blake, and Luke Falk. I no, actually, you guys don't have. It's the same. It's top the top five. five. Yeah, my uh, yeah, it's the top five. So Luke Falk is at three for Blake, at five for Blaze, and then Baker Mayfield is three for Blaze, four for Blake, and Quentin Flowers at five. That is um, kind of where I want to hit because Lamar, we had Lamar Jackson was the number one, and last year, and Quentin Flowers was uh, number number two, I think, in most scoring systems. He was right there. So why are you a little bit down on Quentin Flowers? Is it just you like all these other guys better, or is there a reason for you to put Quentin Flowers at five, Blake? Uh, there's a big reason, and it's Rodney Adams. He's gone, and that was his number one target. That was a big part of Quentin Flowers' game as far as throwing the ball. I mean, he can run it, and he's going to get like 1,500 yards probably, but with Rodney Adams gone, I don't see the, the passing game being what it was last year, and that's going to lead to – less rush, rushing totals for him because they're going to know he's running the ball. So that's why I have him at five. No fear for Blaze. Quentin Flowers at number two. You don't fear Rodney Adams' departure? I still think he's a dynamic enough quarterback that, that he can make it work without having a player like Rodney Adams. But that is a that is a very big loss. Okay. Uh, JT Barrett at two, Blake. Why? Why JT Barrett at two? I give up. I, I'm out. <laughs> I trust him, man. I think I think that with Urban Meyer at head coach, JT Barrett can literally do anything. Um, he, they're they're recruiting receivers out the ass. I mean, they've got nothing but five star and four star receivers. So I really, I mean, I don't see what's wrong with JT Barrett. To be honest, he's playing pretty weak competition as well. I think Jared, JT Barrett's kind of evolved to what he's going to be as a quarterback from here forward. Um, He's a running threat, but I, I really don't think he's he's that big of a passing threat. And I, I like Noah Brown had a couple big games last year. He had Curtis Samuel in, you know, H back and slot formation. So I think he had weapons last year and he kind of got exposed that he's not really a, a, a great throwing quarterback. And he is what he is at this point. And he'll get your rushing touchdowns and he'll play in a dynamic offense. But if Ohio State beats the crap out of most people they play and he only plays half to two thirds of the game, he's not going to light your fantasy stats on fire. Luke Falk, um, Blake, you, you got him at three. Blaze, you got him at five. What is his ceiling here? Could it could he go over Lamar Jackson and be number one? Uh, is assuming they both stay healthy because of the you know what they do at Washington State, or is he just kind of at where he is? We know we we know what his his game is. It's you know throw for five hundred yards and hopefully uh, get a bunch of touchdowns also. Right. I mean that's it right there. Uh, I think three is his absolute top ceiling because. I mean, when you're talking about college fantasy, the rushing threat for quarterbacks is very, very it's real. Big, so, right. And Luke Falk is not going to run the ball. So I think mm-hmm. three is his very top ceiling. I think Baker Mayfield can get over that because Baker Mayfield has that running ability. So that it was risky. I felt risky putting him at three. I think he, he could be a little bit lower. He might be in the upcoming rankings. Yeah, I, I get nervous with Luke Falk because of the wide receiver turnover. It's That's true. The, 
that's really where where I I, I think he's still going to throw a ton of passes. I just don't know if the completion rates and maybe the touchdown totals will be as good as they were. All right, is there anyone else that's kind of borderlining on this list? I mean, obviously, a lot of people are going to wonder about Jalen Hurts because he brought his team to the national title game last year, but Alabama doesn't do a bunch. Uh, Mike White with Western Kentucky was a big name from last season. Uh, is there anybody else? Who, I mean, we didn't even talk about Josh Allen, who's on both your lists. I think he's just a better pro prospect than he is college mm-hmm. football, but I think he's got to be up there too. Is there anybody else that we need to talk about in quarterbacks? Uh, there's going to be a lot of freshmen coming in, uh, or fresh or sophomores that were freshmen. I think you, you really got to pay attention to a lot that. Of first year starters. Shea Patterson from Ole Miss is a big one. Uh, the Georgia. Oh, that's yeah. You're totally right. That's that's the guy I wanted to mention. Ole yes. Miss. Shea Patterson could he could be the best quarterback in the SEC if uh, if everything goes as planned for him, of course. But he's very talented. They've proven I think they'll open up the offense for a quarterback like that, right? He was rated above Jacob Eason whenever he got recruited, so that's how good he is. Yeah, they were in the same class together. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that I want to mention is Eric Dungy from yeah, Syracuse. He, good one. He's, um, I read I read an update about him that he has cleared concussion protocol, and he's good to go for spring practice. But Noah Amba Edetau. Yeah. Edetauel. But we didn't know who the hell Edetauel was uh, at the beginning of the season either, did we? We didn't, but he was still there. Right. You know. But <laughs> he, he was still there. You're absolutely right. But it's not like he is um, – He's not lighting up a bunch of NFL draft boards or anything. It's not like he's uh, yeah he is a college football elite level talent. But who's to say yeah. they can't find another one? I, I'm there's there's a perfect example of system though. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that is a perfect example of system where I think I think I would have Eric Dungy in here. Yeah, I I have a ma- I am going to make a list this year. I just didn't have time to make a list for this show, but Eric Dungy is going to be in my top ten for sure. He was on my borderline, so he if he's 11 to 15, then. 11 to 15. Okay, I like that. Uh, Eric Dungy, for you, Blake, where would you put him? Oh, yeah, right there at 11 to 15. Probably, I would say, like, 13. Um, he does have the, he had, like, I think he had two concussions last year, so that is a, you know, a problem, but True. he's talented. Dino Babers is rolling out that freaking offense, so, yeah, I, I like Eric Dungy this year. What he needs to learn is to throw it away. <laughs> sometimes. So, uh, I mean, concussions are going to happen to football, football players. It's not that simple. But, yeah, I, I, I got you guys. All right. Let's go to running backs. All right. We're going to have – I mean, it's running backs. They're deeper – uh, they're not as obvious. We're going to have a lot of different names here. Let's start uh, with you, Blaze. Ten to one. All right. Number ten, Larry Rose III from New Mexico State. Nine, Cameron Petaway uh, from Auburn. Eight, Miles Gaskin from Washington. Seven, Jalen Moore from Appalachian State. Six, Bryce Love from Stanford. Five, James Butler from Nevada. Four, Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic. Three, Edo Smith from Southern Miss. Two, Darius Geis from LSU. And number one, Say Say Barkley from Penn State. <laughs> I am so surprised that the yeah. Penn State alum put the Penn State player at number one. No, I mean, those two are interchangeable, I think. Uh, Blake, what do you got? Ten to one. 
So number 10, I got Ray Laurie from Old Dominion. Number nine, Travion Williams, Texas A&M. Number eight is Nick Chubb from Georgia. I got Jordan Chun from Troy. Jalen Moore, Appalachian State. James Butler from Nevada is at five. Ito Smith from Southern Miss is at uh, four. Cameron Petway from Auburn. Saquon Barkley at two. And then Darius Geis at number one. All right. So this is kind of weird. And this is awkward to me because I feel like Jordan Chun is a Blades guy. And he shows (laughs) up on Blake's list and not on Blaze's. Why not Jordan (laughs) Chun? Uh, oh, my God. I'm trying to remember. Well, it was a lot of turnover on the offensive line, which was it's obviously true. a huge factor in him being able to run the ball the way he did last year. Okay, so that's that's just the main point. Okay. I, got I mean, you. he kind of came – Troy I mean, I as a like team came out of nowhere. I, and you're kind of kicking him to the curb now. And you got this Devin Singletary guy I've never heard of ever <laughs> uh, on your list. And uh, and Jordan John is just uh, street trash to you. I'm just wondering why. That's all. Yeah. Toast. He's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> they were definitely a surprising team last year. And uh, I don't I don't think they, they have that kind of success again this year. And like I said, you, you lose some really good talent on their offensive line for the conference. And that doesn't that doesn't smell good for a running back. All right, so Florida Atlantic, let's point out that that uh, you, you got Devin Singletary at four. He doesn't show up on Blake's list. Is this all because Lane Kiffin is just going to make him the biggest superstar ever at FAU? Oh, uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, problem solved. So. Yeah, I, I just everything I've reading about him is that he's, he's going to be a huge part of their offense and he's, he's going to continue – to, to dominate the ball. Uh, last last season, he did split carries, but I guess this year is going to be his year. All right. Uh, I, I buy it. Hey, I'm on board. Yeah, I think you're going to start the trend. You're going to start the Devin Singletary trend for sure. Blake, I see that Raleigh Williams III is at 11. I'm just wondering how you can't homer out and put him at 10 over Ray Lowry. I, I think he's going to – he's not going to really – I wouldn't say split carries – but he's not gonna he's not gonna be like a three fifty kind of guy. He might he'll get like two seventy five because of Devois Whaley. He's gonna Devois is gonna get at least one twenty five this year. Um, but I mean, he's still he's just an incredible running back. I think I think he's very talented. He's just not gonna get that many carries. All right, uh, Nick Chubb on your list, Blake. Not on your list, Blaze. Uh, what I'm assuming, Blaze, it's the injuries plus Sony Michelle staying. Yeah, it's both. It's both of those in combination. If anything, it's more Sony Michelle being there because I think he's a little too established at this point to take a complete back seat, right? I I agree with you. I think they can both be somewhat successful, but yeah, I'm not. Is, what is it about Nick Chubb that has him in your top ten, Blake? Is it just way too much all around skill to to have Sony Michelle take a lot away from him if he's uh, if he's healthy? Yeah. I, I, and to be honest, I think Sony Michelle is trash. I think he's a terrible running back. I mean, I think Nick Chubb is so much better. I mean, he's just a speed back. Nick Chubb has everything. He got banged up. He didn't really play much last year, but I think this is Nick Chubb's year, man. I think he's going to just – it's risky, but I, I like Nick Chubb this year. I definitely agree he's the more all-around back. But you're right, Mich- Michelle maybe not, is not, may not be a complete back. It's not- risky, like I said. Yeah, I, I see it. Uh, Blaze, all right, Miles Gaskin on your list. I completely agree with that. 
Blake, why no Miles Gaskin? Why do you hate him? <laughs> I don't. I don't hate him. He's <laughs> he's definitely a fifteen to eleven guy. But um, Washington's they're they're such a balanced team that they're not going to lean on Miles Gaskin. Like he's not going to be the focal point of the offense. And uh, I mean, he's going to get like twenty to twenty five carries every game, maybe. So I don't hate him though. I mean, he, I definitely don't hate him. I just Feel don't like think he's no. <laughs> nah, just because I mean, he's not I, top ten, I, I totally get where you're coming from, though, Blake. Because he he really didn't average much more than the 15 to 19 carry range last year, right. but he still was able to rush for 100 yards in you know six games. Uh, oh, he's talented. And, and Pac-12 defenses are our Pac-12 defenses are Pac-12 defenses. So I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, but he know. plays in the Pac-12. <laughs> exactly. That's positive for fantasy. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I, I was saying that's what I meant. Like, that's a good thing. I just don't think he's going to get that many carries. <clears throat> I, I think maybe the loss of John Ross. I know Dante Pettis is still around and Browning is still there, but he's still going to be heavily involved in the offense. He's had a, a great yards per carry to this point. So it's just another like solid season that I'm expecting from him. Maybe no more, no less than what we saw last year. All right, Blake, uh, Travion Williams on your list, nine at Texas A&M. You know, uh, obviously he played great at the end of last season, and the quarterback situation is still at Texas A&M. Yeah. So oh, yeah. they're just going to lean heavily on Travion Williams. Is that why you have him on here? Absolutely. I, he's incredibly talented. I think they will find a quarterback eventually that will, you know, do what you need to do at Texas A&M, which is just throw the ball. Um, and hand it off to Travion Williams, of course. But yeah, I think he, as a freshman last year, that's that's the thing for me. He did so well as a freshman. I don't expect a sophomore slump. I think he's going to just skyrocket this year. He might be one of the best backs uh, in the SEC. Yeah, he's so definitely going to have a giant workload. That's we know that for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, do you do you potentially fear that a similar result of last year, where we saw Travion Williams like? kind of really burst onto the scene and have some really good weeks. And then they hit like the core batch of sec play and they weren't in situations where they could run the ball because they were behind in most games. So he, his numbers didn't look as good in the second half. Do you kind of fear that happening again this season? And you think that this high of a ranking is just for drafting purposes and you get use out of them in the first half and then try and flip them. All right. Um, I don't think, for one, I don't think they're going to go on a six-game win streak. So uh, <laughs> that, that's just, you know, I don't think they're going to do that. But he the, he only had one game where he had more than 20 carries. And I think that's going to be a win change this year. I think he's going to average 20 carries this year. Um, and, I mean, since they don't have a quarterback, he's got to be the focal point of the offense. And like I said, he's very talented. I don't think Texas A&M had that much turnover on the offensive line either. So I, I just think with the talent and the fact that he is the best player on the field besides Christian Kirk for A&M, they're going to have to give him the ball. All right. So you've got a guy that uh, you got a guy, Blaze, that Blake doesn't have on his list. Uh, Bryce Love from Stanford. Christian McCaffrey's gone. The quarterback situation is. It might be worse than Dismal. A&M. Right. <laughs> so uh, is that why you got Bryce Love? He's the incumbent plus uh, heavy workload? Yeah, exactly. It, and that's that's a, a place where system, right? You know they are going to run the ball. And he proved it last year when he had to fill in in certain times that he could take 20, 25 carries and still produce with it. So I, I think that's a system fit. 
opportunities for carries and no quarterback. All right, so we, the middling guys here, let's kind of lump them together and you guys can just comment on them. We've got Ito Smith from Southern Miss, James Butler from Nevada, and Jalen Moore from App State. Uh, let's talk about these three guys. Mm-hmm. I think James Butler is in for a huge season. A lot of people have them have him on their radar. I think he – I forget what the stat was. I think he had the highest elusive rating of any running back. And Nevada is definitely going to have to run the ball again this year. He's a sneaky pick, too. No one knows about Nevada's running back. Hey, that's a future show host James pick right there. <laughs> Damn straight it is. I'm pretty oh, sure I, he was like a first-round draft pick by him last year. If James, or if future host, show host James isn't all over James Butler, then I will be astonished. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's going to be another big season for James Butler as well. Jalen Moore? Jalen Moore. You're all about Jalen Moore, weren't you, Blake? Oh, oh you absolutely. dropped him in your rankings a little bit, didn't you? Well, um, who, who else? Did, Marcus Cox was at App State last year, yeah. and both of them are splitting carries. Marcus Cox is in the NFL now, and App State runs the out of the ball i mean they're one of the top five rushing teams and that's with triple option you know where that's all you do is run the ball so right. uh, he's their best offensive player so exactly i think their quarterback is, is taylor lamb gone no i don't think so yeah i think he's a junior but still i mean it's Appalachian state they're gonna run the ball and jalen moore like you said is the best player on the field and then uh third guy was who ito smith ito smith ito. blaze yeah go ahead blaze you yeah. can talk about ito <laughs> I, I know i had like a love affair with ito last year <laughs> definitely uh, i mean he catches passes out of the backfield and i think it's a similar situation to what we were just saying with jalen moore where he's the best offensive player and they're gonna use him i was he's just such a good receiver that I mean, he's right there. I, I like him at three. I have him at four, but he could be three just because of how much he catches the ball. It's incredible. I'm uh, I, I'm a little surprised that you guys have – and I'm surprised both ways here, and I'll explain that in a second. But, Blake, you've got Cameron Petway at three. Blaze, you've got Cameron Petway at nine. That's a pretty big size gap, but I can see this going either way because – Auburn runs the holy crap out of the ball, like we've always said. So, and Petway seems to be the guy. But they played musical goddamn running back so much last year that Petway wasn't the guy until the end of the season. So I can see Blaze's side too. So Blake, explain to me number three for Cameron Petway. Well, for one, you're right. They did play musical chairs at running back. But once Cameron Petway was the back, that's who they went with. Um, and another thing is... Uh, Auburn's got Jared Stidham now. We all know this. The quarterback play is going to be improved tremendously. Like It could be up there with how Cam Newton was because Jared Stidham is that good. And I think that's really going to open up the running game because, like you said, it's Gus Malzahn. He's going to run the ball regardless of how good the quarterback is. And I think that just opens it up for Petway, who's I think he weighs in at like 240. So he's going to be a touchdown machine, if anything. And he's still going to get at least 250 carries. He is a bruiser. He does have the build to be a, a feature back in that in that offense. So are you uh, are you saying that you're not believing in Cameron Petway? I mean, is there a chance that he gets moved up in your rankings? Like, I feel like you might have just been talked into Cameron Petway a little bit. Oh me? Oh me? No. Yeah. I, I, he yeah he's he's got the size, but I I. It's just the inconsistency of of Auburn to really. I mean, Cameron's art Cameron artist pain. They did stick with, but that was, you know, three years ago. 
yeah. the last two years, it's, it was back and forth between Javon Robinson, Carrion Johnson, and Peyton Barber before Barber kind of ran away with it, but didn't. I mean, he wasn't like a fantasy stud necessarily all season. We weren't drafting. I don't know. I, I just I think. So you what still you're saying is take continue. the Auburn running back halfway through the year when when they're established. Right. That's uh, that's oh kind of the God, deal. Yeah. At the top here, we've got Darius Geis one, Saquon Barkley two, Saquon Barkley one, Darius Geis two for both you guys. Blake, what is it about Geis that puts him above Barkley? Is it close? Is it you know Geis in a tier of his own? Or how close are these one two ranks? I mean, it's like one A and one B. It's splitting hairs. However you want to say it, it's incredibly close. Um, I mean, Barkley plays, I guess, a little bit better competition, but I, th- I think Geis is a little bit more talented. Not saying Barkley isn't talented. I mean, he's gonna. I think he. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey man, I think Barkley's a freak. Uh, and, and in that Penn State offense, I mean, he catches the ball, he runs the ball, he does literally everything. So I, I'm, I really like Barkley this year. I think he can go in the top four, the same as Geis. Um, I, and I don't think the ankle injury is going to mess him up, but Geis does play better competition. So I think Geis is riskier, but like I said, he's more talented. LSU doesn't have anything besides Geis, whereas Barkley has McSorley and they, Penn State has receivers. They do throw the ball some. But uh, that's what I think. Yeah, I think the the loss of Chris Godwin is is potentially going to hurt the passing game. And again, they're they're going to lean on Barkley every week. I mean, he's going to be the centerpiece of the offense. And also, uh, the loss of Brandon Harris should open up LSU's offense. I think because they couldn't pass. I can't go, it can't all. get any worse. Yeah, the yeah. game cannot get worse at LSU, so it has to be at least a little better. But also that could open up some lanes for Darius. Guys, I'm with you guys 100%. I mean, these guys might be my one-two. We'll see what happens. I do want to go over some guys that aren't on this list. And number one, the biggest thing that stands out from this list is that there is no Wisconsin running back. And I understand that that is because the Wisconsin running back situation is not completely settled. But who are we looking at in that situation? The, the guy that the guy that I'm watching uh, in this in this camp battle is Chris James, the the pit transfer, and I, I think he'd be a perfect fit for this Wisconsin offense. And I, I think he's got talent. And if he could step up into this role, we all know that if you're the feature back in a Wisconsin offense, you you got a good place in fantasy football. I I think the problem with Wisconsin is they've got three running backs. Um, they got Broderick Shaw, who's a sophomore this year. They have Taiwan Deal, who's a junior this year. Both of them took carries. And then you got a talented running back in Chris James who's coming in. So I think they're going to be splitting carries, to be honest. But I think the more crazy thing than not having a Wisconsin back is not having an Alabama back. Neither of us have one yeah. ranked. Yeah, no Bo Scarborough. That's absolutely surprising, too. So uh, l- let me ask you guys this uh, before we move on to Bama. One of these guys is named the starter, right? Uh, the horse for Wisconsin. It, you know, insert Wisconsin running back starter name here. Where mm-hmm. do they Where do they fall on your guys' list? Are they still outside the top ten because of the other guys right behind them, or is it? Hey, he's Wisconsin. He's the starter. I got to put him at six. You know. I think I'm I'm free from eight down. So like, I'd be willing to shuffle from eight. 
if to one, be honest, one is named. I think even if we're playing in like like the death row league where there's no G5 conferences, I I don't see a Wisconsin back as even being a starter just because I don't think any of them are going to take the focal point. You know, like Can't they're not going to take exactly. I don't think it's going to be like that this year. All right, no Bar Bo Scarborough after we saw him dominate in the national championship game. He was great until he got hurt at the end there. Uh, what is the reasoning for no Bo Scarborough? Damien Harris. Um, yeah. Najee Harris. Yep. <laughs> too many you know, Harrises. Yeah. Too many Harrises, too many five-star running backs that would literally star for any other team in the f***ing country except for Alabama because they have so many of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's good. but uh yeah that's why there's just too many backs and like you said Bo Scarvo got hurt I don't is he is he practicing I don't know if he's practicing yet uh I think that they said he's limited but he's not all the way back uh in their uh OTAs or whatever they have in the spring yeah that's that doesn't sound too good to me I mean he could still play but just too many good running backs there is, but I, I think there. If there's one, you know, silver lining in it, it's that he's got the physical size to just be an absolute difference maker in a ground and pound style where you just have the biggest, meanest offensive lineman in all of college football. So there's the opportunity that that he is Derrick Henry 2.0, and what, next year is his Heisman season. What about? Um... Mike Weber from Ohio State. He was uh, the starter last year. We've seen a lot of good uh, running backs come out of Ohio State. Obviously, Curtis Samuel had a pretty good year last year. He's kind of that hybrid type of Percy Harvin player. But, I mean, Zeke Elliott and, you know, plenty of other. I mean, I could list off Ohio State backs here for a day and a half. Uh, Mike Weber not in the top ten. Any chance that he sneaks in or is it just, uh, you know, I want to see what he does his sophomore year and his junior year is going to be his big year. Yeah, I didn't, I think he's talented, but I didn't see enough for him to be, you know, like a, like he's not a Zeke or anything like that. Um, I think I was, I I don't, I won't say anything about the talent level. I don't know. I I think Ohio state has other bags. Like I said, Weber honestly just didn't impress me that much. I mean, he's good, but I think he could be supplanted. So I think last year he did, he did, suffer from having Curtis Samuel and Curtis Samuel was the best offensive playmaker on that team. And Mike Weber was more the traditional back um, on like first and second down. And the Curtis Samuel subtraction should help him, but I still think JT Barrett's there vulture and touchdowns from him. So it ultimately is going to limit him. That's I a good point. You. Are there any other running backs that we need to, uh, touch on discuss before we move on to wideouts well i i would throw out jarvion franklin from western michigan and i mean jamari bogan is still there as well jarvion franklin was a a monster down the stretch once bogan went down with an injury and then just kind of was moved to the second back obviously pj fleck is gone from western michigan no more rowing the boat. Yeah, so we'll see what this running back situation brings because Franklin is the older player. New coach, you really never know. And yeah. Franklin is, like you said, more experienced. He's older. They're both good. I don't think either one are better than the other, but he is older and more experienced. And Corey Davis is gone now too. Right, and right. Terrell. 
Yeah, and Zach Terrell. Yeah, a lot of, lot of turnover. A lot Braver of turnover. been gone the year before that. So it's like the, they have Jarvion Franklin and Jamari Bogan now. And I think potentially if, if they commit to one or two, one of those two guys, they could be a top 10 running back. Yeah, that's just uh, I, I think I'm with you with, with them not being on this list. Like that's something that could pay off at a later pick. But with the two best uh, players on the team being gone, plus the head coach, like you said, we just don't know what to expect. Yeah, and the last guy I would throw out is Jared Kraft from Louisiana Tech. Big body running back who uh, I think could be a workhorse. And they've got some uh, subtractions with the loss of Trent Taylor. And, some uh, belt Oh, my God, what's his name? Henderson. Carlos. Carlos Henderson. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. That's uh, and that's a good one to point out. A lot of a lot of digging yet to go in running backs. I'm sure. So oh uh, but, yeah. But Blaze has already pulled up some uh, Devin Singletary and Bryce Love and <laughs> all about Devin here. Singletary. <laughs> Let's go to wide receivers. Right, going to wide receivers, fellas. Um, you know, before we get into names, I feel like I just want to point this out. I feel like I don't know if talent-wise, the the top ten are worse, but there's definitely way more question marks at wide receiver this season. Would you guys agree with that? I think there are some question marks, but overall, I really do like this year's receiver class. I think they're. Spring is going to be a lot of fun, the spring practices for wide receiver, because we, we were just saying, you know, last year we had like 10 guys that we were like, all of these players are coming back and they're all going to be good. And I don't think we have that that high level profile of class at the at the very top. OK, yeah, I, I think you, you guys are kind of with me. Maybe Blake's not as with me, but I, I think plays is uh picking up what i'm putting down where it's you know i think i think the top three or four guys here are steady eddies like they're, they're gonna be no doubt but last year we had keevan lucas say jones you know so many players uh last year that came out and were just gigantic wide receivers and then a bunch that came out of nowhere i feel like this year it's kind of kind of be like a top five and then everybody else is kind of a question mark and uh, you can see that a little bit with some of these rankings. So, Blake, give us your 10 to 1 on wideouts. All right, I got uh, Cedric Wilson from Boise State at number 10, Michael Gallup from Colorado State, Cody Thompson from Toledo, Calvin Ridley from Alabama is at 7, Tavares Martin Jr. from Wazoo, Christian Kirk, Texas A&M, Anthony Miller, Memphis, James Washington's at 3, Corlin Sutton at 2, and Richie James is number 1. What do you got, Blaze? All right, number 10, uh, comeback year from Penny Hart and Georgia State. Number 9, Cody Thompson from Toledo. Number 8, Michael Gallup from Colorado State. Number 7, Alan Lazard from Iowa State. 6, Cortland Sutton from SMU. 5, Anthony Miller from Memphis. 4, Dante Pettis from Washington. 3, James Washington from Oklahoma State. Number 2, Cedric Wilson from Boise State. And number one, Richie James, Middle Tennessee State. You guys both have Richie James at one. Is it just Richie James tier and then a second tier? Is is that Definitely. why he's just so far above everybody else? I 
I think Corlin Sutton is up there, but Richie James is definitely just, I mean, he's like a editor at the beginning of the year, you know? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think he's definitely on a, on a level on his own as, as far as what we know. I, I have high hopes for James Washington. So I would kind of put my tier right after Washington now. Cedric Wilson's a bit of a flyer. I, I really have high hopes for him, but I think that top three is is a tier. So James Wilson in Washington for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, I mean, Blake, you've got cut uh, Cortland Sutton at two. Blaze, why is Cortland Sutton all the way down at six for you? I felt like James Washington Sutton was kind of the tier. Yeah, I, I guess it's more, you know, Sutton with the consistency. Okay. I, I thought it was going to be maybe Matt Davis uh, deciding to go to the NFL. I think the offense is still going to be the same, and they're going to find ways to get him the ball. Um, and they even showed it down down towards the end of the second half. You know, they were, they were really funneling the ball his direction. He had 252 receiving yards with, on 13 catches in a loss to South Florida. <laughs> Matt Davis got screwed, by the way. But anyways, yeah, what? yeah. What happened with him? Like I saw, he did declare really late. He had to declare late because, because he, he was trying to get shirt. he was trying to get a medical redshirt oh. from NCAA. They didn't even reply. They didn't, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, he blew out his knee late though in the season, didn't he? No, he it was, didn't. It was like the second game of the year, really? I think. Is it that early? Yeah, why? it was. I thought it was super later. early. Hold on, let me double check that. It was the first game. He played one game. Oh wow! So, oh man! Yeah, and they and now he's going late. He didn't even go to the combine or anything. So, yeah, I agree, NCAA I agree for Matt you. Davis got got completely screwed. I I I had no idea that. Uh, I mean, to to be honest, that might bump Sutton up a little bit for me. Uh, yeah, because uh, he didn't play with Matt Davis last season, so uh, he, he didn't. But he put up some now. serious duds last year. Yeah, interspersed there. Yeah, well, I, I I think you're right about that, but I mean, you know, he I did just, have a freshman quarterback. Yeah, so uh, I think experience and system, system, experience and system, because Cortland is a junior now, right? Yep. Yeah, he's been there for a while. I I think uh, I I think he's going to be big this year. I was just kind of a little bit surprised to to see him uh, down on your list, but uh, Cedric Wilson, you have it too. You talked him up a little bit. Like, why is Cedric Wilson not higher for you? You've got him at 10, barely on the list. I, I think it's risky. Um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't really that, that good. At, I don't even think – did he have 1,000 yards last year? I don't even think he had 1,000 yards. He had 1,100 okay, yards. Okay, he had 1,100 yards. He got 56 passes. All right, all right, all right. I see you it You hit now. it on the head right there. <laughs> and Spurback left. So, all right. So, Spurback all right, is gone. I'm going to be a used car salesman here for you right now, Blake. This is Cedric Wilson. I got 1,100 yards last year, and his main competition for targets is gone, and the running back is gone. Where are we going to move this Cedric Wilson up our list here? Can I get him at uh, eight for you over Cody Thompson of Toledo? You forgot about Brett Rippon is, is there, too. Yeah, Brett Rippon, too. You're making my points for me. <laughs> I know, I know. You know what? Yeah, that Brett Ripian kid's supposed to be yeah, pretty Ripian. good. Yeah, <laughs> Ripian. He's nice and Ripian. 
I think I think he could go A. He could be above Cody Thompson, but that's it. You wouldn't it. put him ahead of Calvin Ridley when they barely no. pass the ball ever at Bama, though? No. I think Alabama's going to throw the ball a lot more this year. But Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for Calvin Ridley, and Brett Rippon is the he quarterback played, for Cedric. Just because he so. played bad the national title game doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. He's still I'm a good not, quarterback. I'm not he's a bad quarterback. I think he's just not a throwing quarterback like Brett Rippon is. Well, O.J. Howard's gone. Ardarius Stewart's gone. Robert Foster's gone. All right, so, so I'm just not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna convince you to move him. So, so <laughs> not I, above I, Calvin I got him Ridley. Up to eight. I got him up to eight for you over yeah, Cody we'll Thompson. Put him Can't go eight. over Ridley. Nope. Why no Ridley for you, Blaze? I think you hit it right there. Is I just don't think they're gonna throw the ball that much. I think with a quarterback like Hertz. He does enough with his legs to extend plays and pick up third downs, and they're going to run the ball. All right, you, yeah, guys- you are right, Blake, that they do lose a lot of wide receivers and a lot of off like weapons in the passing game, but I still think the fact that Hurts isn't really going to sit back and throw 30 passes a game is ultimately what's going to cap Ridley. You guys both have Anthony Miller from Memphis on your list, so let's talk up Anthony Miller a little bit. I mean, that Memphis offense is – it's sexy. I mean, they throw the ball a lot, and isn't um, yeah? They have Riley Ferguson, Riley. Who had an incredible year. As long as Ferguson's there, I trust Anthony Miller, who is he's talented. Yeah, they they've definitely got camaraderie uh, between the two of them, um, and they've been playing together now. So they had great seasons last year. I look for another big one from Anthony Miller this year again. Close to a hundred receptions last year. You know, fifteen hundred yards. Yeah, he can he can scoff scoff at Cedric Wilson. <laughs> We're going to do three player debates here, and this is what we do on the baseball and football shows. So uh, for the college football show, we're going to do it too. All right, first player debate here: Christian Kirk versus Dante Pettis. Uh, Blake, you've got Christian Kirk on your list, and no Dante Pettis. Is there a reason? Is he like eleven? Uh, I mean, can I use car sales? Yeah. Uh, Dante Pettis. Can I get Dante Pettis on the top ten for you? What do I got to do right now to get Dante get Pettis you in your top Dante 10. Pettis phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, he's definitely top ten. I, I, I fudged up. I fudged up, guys. Fudged up. But I didn't say fudge now. But, yeah, <laughs> definitely Dante Pettis is in the top ten. Was he over Christian Kirk, or are you taking Kirk over Pettis? I think it's pretty close because, like I said, like A&M uses Christian Kirk in so many different ways because he'll run the ball. He'll take the screen pass. He can go deep. He can hit the post. He can go over the middle. Uh, and he's going to – I think he'll be the primary kickoff returner again this year, whereas Dante Pettis is a great red zone threat and he's a great deep threat. So I think they go hand in hand. Like it's splitting hairs to say one's better than the other. But you would take Kirk. As of right yeah, I would now. take Kirk. Yeah, I would take Kirk just because they'll use him more. All right, Blaze, Dante Pettis over Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is not even on your top ten list. Uh, why do you have so much confidence in Dante Pettis this season? Um, I we obviously we talked about John Ross's departure for the NFL. Um, they're still going to have that balanced offense. I think they might lean on Gaskin a little bit more, but. Pettis is still the going to be the main um, primary target, and he had some really big games last year. He was he was incredibly consistent. Washington's still going to be a good team. They're still going to have a good offense, and I think he it he's just 
you know, Workman's like every week, you know, 100 yards, close to 100 yards. Now, why would I have him in my list and not Christian Kirk? I think it comes down to Texas A&M as a football team. Trevor Knight was a Band-Aid last year, and he was, you know, really good in stretches. Um, Christian Kirk was still involved in the offense later in the season, but I just think the overall success of the team will hinder him, the lack of success. Yeah, I think I'm going to be on the Pettis side here because, uh, I mean, Christian Kirk can do everything, right? He can take handoffs, like uh, Blake said. He can run all the routes. He can return kicks, but he can't throw the ball, which is what they need at Texas A&M. They got nobody to throw him the damn ball. But Christian Kirk's going to be a really good player. So I I think, uh, like we said, this one's splitting a little bit of hairs, but I'm going to lean on the Pettis side. Uh, I think Kirk's going to have some big weeks. Absolutely. so, I mean, A&M's entire season really hinges on if they can find a quarterback, if it's going to be Jake Hubenack or whoever. I know they've been recruiting guys, so it's all up to the quarterback position for uh, for this entire argument, really. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, let, let's go to player debate number two here. Uh, Blake, you've got Tavares Martin at six. Blaze, you've got Alan Lazard at seven. The other guy doesn't have the other guy on the list. So we'll go Lazard versus Martin, and uh, we'll start with you this time, Blaze. Okay, um, so Alan Lazard is a, uh, a very talented player. Um, he was kind of up and down last year. Uh, I, I know the team will still heavily, heavily, heavily utilize him. And towards the second half of the season, they really did have to lean on him. Um, he even had a game where he had 10 catches, uh, 120 yards. I think uh, they can improve a little bit this year. They were pretty awful last year, and they lost like their entire offensive line from two years ago. So maybe a little more continuity on the offensive line. They've got a little more time to throw the ball, and Lazard can have a better year. So on the flip side, why am I sour on Tavares Martin? I don't really, I don't really know if I can trust a Wazoo wide, wide receiver right now, mostly because – kind of the texas tech situation um when there's not a star wide receiver it the ball kind of gets spread around and this is the luke falk show this year right and i don't think he relies on any one individual receiver i think the ball is going to be spread to whoever's open and they're going to have six receivers on the field every single play it seems like, Blake, with ranking Tavares Martin six, that you disagree with that sentiment and you think that Martin is going to be the number one guy for Wazoo and be consistent every week. Is that true? Absolutely. And it's it's two guys. you got Gabe Marks and you've got River. Um, both of them are gone. They were like – I mean, because I think Martin transferred. So before that, it was Marks and the Cook Craft Show. Now it's <laughs> – it's the last It'll time I'm ever going to have man. to say that f***ing <laughs> name. The last time. I, I think it's going to be the last time. I really hope so. God, I hope so. But anyways, Tavares Martin Jr. is the only receiver really left besides Robert Lewis. He caught 64 passes. I, it is going to be the Luke Falk show, but I think Martin's going to be a big part of this offense. I really do. Whereas Alan Lazard plays for Iowa State. I don't even know. I don't think Iowa State has that good of a quarterback. <laughs> Iowa State's incredibly disappointing. I mean, they really are. You can't deny that. Uh, no, I don't think you can deny that. I mean, Iowa State, I'm sure, was better than Texas last season. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I like Alan Lazard. I think he's going to be a good weapon, but I'm definitely going to side on the Tavares Martin Jr. one uh, on this debate because I just can't trust anybody from Iowa State. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a rare situation where I think uh, the last <laughs> guy that, that was uh, able to be triple covered and had success was Tyler Lockett, right? So Yeah, and that was it, Kansas State, yeah. Right, is Alan Lazard Tyler Lockett? I mean, it, they don't come around that often. Speaking of horrible injuries, Jesus Christ. No, they don't. But I, what I would point to is the quarterback play of Iowa State in the second half of the season improved. Um, they made a switch to Jacob Park, and the offense looked much better. And they okay. beat Kansas. <laughs> well, Texas couldn't do that. So uh, that's why uh, nice. we're on. On to Tom Herman. But uh, so, all right. So, you guys both got you both got a notch. And I, I feel like I was I was leaning both of these ways before these debates. On this one, I'm not really leaning either, either way. But, uh, Blake, you've got Calvin Ridley at seven. And, Blaze, you've got Penny Hart at 10. But you guys don't have the other guy on the list. So, uh, Blake, tell me why Calvin Ridley over Penny Hart from Georgia State. Uh, for one, and this is this is Georgia State. I mean, who's going to be their quarterback? I definitely don't trust Connor Manning. He completed fifty-five percent of his passes, and Penny Hart had a great year whenever Nick Arbuckle was the quarterback. But he's been gone. I don't trust Connor Manning in that offense. That's a big reason why Penny Hart isn't in my top ten. But I think. As far as Calvin Ridley goes, Calvin Ridley is one of the most talented receivers in the country. I think he's he's definitely an NFL prospect, and I know Jalen Hurts wasn't, you know, that good of a throwing quarterback, but he still he threw for more yards than Connor Manning did. Uh, he had a great completion percentage, and like I said, Ardarius Stewart, O.J. Howard, Robert Foster, so many so many big time receivers are gone. Calvin Ridley's the guy. He's definitely the most talented receiver in the SEC. So that's just that's just how I feel. I don't think you can stop Calvin Ridley. Blaze, Penny Hart over Calvin Ridley. Yeah, um, I, I think I look for Penny Hart to have a bounce back year. Uh, I think he, for his size, he's going to be a, a, a speedy player who they're going to run a, a lot of crossing routes for. Uh, I mean, I, I hear the concerns around Connor Manning at quarterback. Um and he did make a lot of mistakes last year and throw a lot of picks. But I think a, a year of growth for him, he'll be a senior. He should be able to steady that offense, and and I think they're going to have enough need that they got to throw the ball. So I, Penny I Hart's just... I'm going to say nobody wins this one, and I give it to Devin Duvernay from Texas. You guys see Linnell Bonner last year? That's what Duvernay is going to do this year. Here we go. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> absolutely not. It's going to take Devin Duvernay over anybody. This one's tough, man. I like. I see the the, the points on both sides. I think I, I like. You, you know, Penny Hart with a questionable quarterback, and then Calvin Ridley with a questionable quarterback, but also no experience around him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. That, I mean, this one's tough. I think I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley. Just because I feel like his talent is insane, I, I'm exactly. I'm it definitely is. with with you, Blake. His talent is insane, and he can catch the ball, and he can be the number one target. I mean, we saw Julio do that at Bama, uh, and I think that's kind of. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Calvin Ridley is Julio, but I could see. Hey. I could see Calvin Ridley 
being kind of. I mean, Blake wants to Calvin Ridley. So let's. No get wait, that hold, on let's get wait hold on now. Wait, hold on now. Hold on. Let me let's no, let me put it like this. You have been gushing over Calvin Ridley like I <laughs> since gushed he came over there. Upton, since yes, I know. Hey. It's weird. <laughs> It's okay. weird. It's going All right. to the just point let me, it's weird. Just let me explain it. So right. I think Calvin Ridley is just as good as Amari Cooper and Julio Jones. He's in that tier as far as talent. That's, and that's Calvin all I got to say. How many posters do you have in your room right now? That's what Zero, because I can't have Alabama posters because they'd burn down my house. So. <laughs> but that's the only reason. <laughs> if they wouldn't it's burn the down your house, you'd have Calvin Ridley wallpaper, you know? You love this, dude. No. I don't blame you. He's, he's amazing talent, but uh, uh, so I'll lean towards your way. So don't get me wrong, but it is. I mean, Blaze, uh, are you with me? Or are you are you with me on this uh, creepiness uh, on Calvin Ridley? <laughs> oh, it's reached a whole new level. This is Kenneth Farrow creepiness. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've got you. We just compared him to Julio and Amari Cooper. So yeah, uh, I don't think it's crazy. I'll stick with that. You can put that on my grave. Calvin Ridley is just as good as Julio well, Jones and Amari in Cooper. If anyone listened to our podcast, heard it, <laughs> uh, I probably you probably would be on your, your tombstone. So yeah, they don't know who Calvin Ridley is. They're stupid. Yeah, they also don't so. know who ITL is. So uh, yeah. I mean, see, I, I, Calvin Ridley could end up just being the the home run guy, right? Just throw like Jalen Hurts doesn't necessarily have to be a pocket passer, but just. Right. Uh, Johnny football to Mike Evans kind of thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. just going to heave it up for you because you're more athletic and can out jump almost any defensive back in the country. This so. was the tightest one of all the debates, I'll say. I will lean Calvin Ridley. Just on talent alone? Just on, yes, purely talent. I just think the dude is going to be – I mean, I would love it if he was in, you know – Almost anywhere else, <laughs> Any, anywhere else yeah. that, that uh, you know, where he, point. he could get the ball. I think he would be at the top of this list. You know, you put you put oh, Calvin yeah. Ridley at Oklahoma State. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's like taking Des Bryant now and putting him in Oklahoma State, Washington just, State. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, why? Yeah, Washington State. Good God, you know, it's, it's anyone that throw the ball. But uh, you know, Alabama. There, there's always NFL scouts there, so it doesn't matter how you play. You're gonna get scouted. Are there any other wide receivers? And then I have a question after we talk about these last couple guys uh, about the whole, the wide receivers as a whole. So uh, what other wide receivers do we want to mention that aren't in the top ten? Mike creep along. I don't have any. I don't, but I do like – I'm going to steal one of yours if that's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Nikhil Harry is, could definitely creep into the top ten. Uh, Arizona State's got a, a good quarterback. I think Nikhil Harry could be dangerous, especially in the Pac-12. So I do, I do like Nikhil Harry. Um, I think the quarterback potential changeover uh, with Blake Barnett showing up on campus now. Manny Wilkins last year had some good games. I I really jumped on the Manny Wilkins train and kind of it stalled right then and there. <laughs> yeah, but, a uh, yeah, a little bit, but. Nikhil Harry could have a better season this year with steady quarterback play from Blake Barnett. And it, it it's a system that's going to give him the opportunities. All right. Uh, anybody else that we need to touch on besides Nikhil Harry? I think the uh, the losses of Trent Taylor and uh, Carlos Henderson at Louisiana Tech could open up some room. And I some of what I was reading is Teddy Veal seems like a guy who's primed to potentially take over. You're I like liking a dude with Louisiana a Tech name. this year. I, I like the system, man. Yeah. 
Is that, is that going to be your team this year? I mean, oh, don't put that evil on me. Don't you put that evil on me? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't all need right, to be a right, Louisiana. Ryan Higgins is gone, so I won't. I won't do that because yeah, we don't know who the quarterback is. But yeah, I like. I agree with, with a food name too, guys. Teddy Veal. Uh, I mean, I'm liking that. <laughs> You know, I mean, we got Taco Charlton. We, we've got we got all kinds of dudes with food names, and it's making me kind of hungry. So, all right, the question I wanted to ask you guys about wide receiver is: uh, last year, a lot of people hit and miss at wide receiver. I, I feel like the people who picked up at a towel early uh, had a big jump on everybody else. So, are you guys taking wide receivers in the top three or four this year? Because I mean, last year it seemed like those top end guys hit really well, and only a couple other waiver guys uh, really improved. I mean, some of these guys were good, but I mean, you know, a team with Cortland Sutton last year, a team with um, what I forgot his name again, Keevan Lucas. Uh, you know, got teams like that because of the inconsistency of wide receiver and guys coming and going. They were really, really strong go-tos. I mean, I made the playoffs on the backs of my wideouts. Uh, Blake, you complained about it all, or Blaze, you complained about it all year last year, not having the wideouts. and Killed me. Yeah, and cursing me because I had good ones. Are you taking them earlier this season, or is it just kind of a, hey, that worked out last season, I'm not going to count on it happening again this season? Uh, I definitely think with the landscape of how everything is with the running backs and quarterbacks, I think it's Lamar Jackson. And I think Richie James is at number two and Corlin Sutton is top five. James Washington is in the first round still. Maybe Anthony Miller too. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're right. I, I said it over and over that, <laughs> it sounds you know, like wide you receiver. Think I'm right, but you're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Because you can't I, I, take him over Saquon or Darius guys, can you? No, no, okay. I can't. So Lamar, it's Jackson, not in me. Okay, so maybe Richie James, Lamar Jackson, Saquon, and Darius guys. Is that one, two, three right now? Lamar. Who is that? Give me that. La- Lamar, say, say, and guys. One, two, three. Right. Uh, or flowers. I. That's I. Uh, I'm between Flowers and Geis as my three, I guess. But okay, Well, would you put those top four then? Lamar, Flowers, Barkley, and Geis, however you would order it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. is Richie James five? Or is it Ito Smith or uh, Baker? No, I, I would I would probably maybe throw Richie James in there at five. Yeah, I think that's reasonable over Ito, over Baker Mayfield. Honestly, I may even go Devin Singletary at number five. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you have Ito. You have Ito over Devin Singletary. Are you already I, put? Are you already adjusting your list? I think that's <laughs> that's the gambler in me, man. <laughs> that's why it's called the way too early to sin because yeah, it's way too Ito early to be ranking players. players. Absolutely, you guys are absolutely <laughs> right about that. Okay. I just more uh, bust potential on Devin Singer Singletary's a little bit higher, like Lamar See, Jackson level. I hope so. Otherwise, I'm going to look like an ass. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, I've seen a lot of Lane Kiffin bandwagons going uh, Florida Atlantic because, I mean, they got the quarterback. I think they have a really good receiver, too. I'm not sure. But DeAndre Johnson from Florida State's there. A lot of people are are on Florida Atlantic. 
I mean, Lane Kiffin is going to turn a lot of heads. You guys are absolutely yeah. right about that. Absolutely. A high-powered yeah. offense. But it's it's very interesting with the wide receivers because I, I, I feel like I don't trust these guys like I trusted the guys last season. That's just me from whatever situation. I mean, I like the guys like Richie James and James Washington and Dante Pettis and Cortland Sutton. Like, those are probably going to be my top four because they're locked in. You know, I like Cedric Wilson, too. Uh, I like Anthony Miller, too. But those are going to be probably my big guys for this season. Uh, but I just don't trust them like I trusted the guys last year. And I feel, I, you know, I really trust Saquon and Geis and Lamar Jackson. I'm a little iffy on the quarterbacks from the way down. So I feel like if you can kind of mash up, you know, four through ten, then I'm not going to take one early unless I get the number one overall pick and I take Lamar Jackson, right? So that's just as it stands right now. But we've got a lot to go. We've got a long, long way to go. Uh, September cannot get here fast enough, but it is April. I mean, we're recording this before opening day of baseball. So we've got <laughs> a lot of time left to go in the season, but that is going to be everything for us. Remember, if you like us, please go on iTunes and give us a five-star rate review. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, retweet the show. Tell a friend about it that likes college uh, fantasy football. Please don't hide us as your secret. Let everybody know uh, if you are listening to this show. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, we ain't can- no side piece. We don't hide <laughs> you tell everybody. You, you don't hide, hide your phone when you listen to us. What do you listen to? Oh, no, nothing. Nothing, babe. It's fine. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. It's no one. I don't know who called. It was the wrong number. I don't, I don't know who sent me that picture of their vagina. Telemarketers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, this dick pic is from uh, telemarketers. That's what it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, please, five-star rate review. Uh, retweet the show. Tell people you love it. Uh, we really appreciate all of that stuff. And we're on InThisLeague.com where we've got college fantasy football. We've got regular fantasy football. We've got fantasy baseball. We have a prospect uh, show for fantasy baseball. I'm bringing my, my draft pod back after going through all this stuff that I had to set up now and baseball season. Uh, we've got basketball. We've got hockey. We've got everything covered for you at InThisLeague.com. If you have any uh, questions, comments, queries for us, at Bogman Sports, at Lord underscore Blazer at Mr. CFF, and I have no idea when our next show will be, but uh, <laughs> it will be sooner than this one was. The layoff will not be as big. So we will see you guys next time on episode 58. Until then, take it easy. Hook them. We are. R.I.P. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs>